research infrastructures can provide support to humanity to get better to know these problems. It all depends on us, it all depends on our will to work together, but it also depends on how much politicians all throughout the world understand the complexity and difficulty of our situation. Welcome to the LifeWatch Eric podcast, a window on science from the European Infrastructure for Biodiversity and Ecosystem Research. Thanks very much for joining us today. I'm Julian Kenny, Communication Officer. Now, those of you who follow our humble podcast will know that in Season 4, we're taking a closer look at the environmental research infrastructures that work in parallel with LifeWatch Eric offering their respective research communities the information and services they need to address today's climate challenges. In the studio today, I'm really pleased to welcome Adrian Stanika, Director of the National, Romanian National Institute for Marine Geology and Geoecology in Bucharest, who also happens to be the head of Danubius RI. Good afternoon, Adrian. How are you? Hi, Julian. Uh, absolutely fine. Looking forward to chat about the uh, significant challenges we have in front of us in in the world of uh, research infrastructures dedicated to environment and how we try to deal with them. Perfect. Now, the funny thing about uh, your Danubius RI is that Danubius research infrastructure is not about the Danube River at all, is it? Well, it's not not being about the Danube. It's not just about the Danube. So uh, the um, International Center for Advanced Studies on River Sea Systems, as a concept, started in Romania. And this is uh, because we cover about 1,000 kilometers of the river Danube, uh, we host the Danube Delta and the western part of the Black Sea coast. And the western part of the Black Sea coast has been, of the Black Sea in general, has been under the influence of the Danube water. Right. So the idea of providing a facility to support integrated science dedicated to uh, seeing how we can manage a complex system that covers a river, its delta, uh, coastal lagoons, and the sea under the influence of the river started here. But this was an effort started by Romania in the Danube. Okay. But teams from many other countries joined the effort to build this, this research infrastructure. So from, from a uh, site-located initiative, looking at the Danube, it grew and it started included teams from various parts in Europe and not only, and this is why we started to focus on the global challenges that river sea systems have to face uh, in general on our planet. Uh, why we kept the name Danubius? Uh, because the story started here. And why again? Because the Danube is probably the most international river of the world, crossing 10 countries and having a hydrographic basin with waters coming from 19 countries. Right. So this is a bit like New York, New York. <laughs> if you can make it there, you'll make it anywhere. 
But it's not just about the Danube. It's about rivers and seas under the influence of the rivers and the fact that we do not find solutions for a proper integrated management at the basics. Yeah, okay. So um, you have to find solutions for these river-sea systems. What, what exactly are the problems in river-sea systems? Well, how much time do you have available to discuss <laughs> this? Because this is indeed, this is a never-ending story because uh, we have all sorts of problems going back historically and these are related to the water quantity, if you want, like uh, dealing with major droughts or with major floods. But then we have also the impact of the humans that, that brought on uh, um, major changes in hydrographic basins. And, and uh, we need to have solutions to the fact that we don't have a continuity in the water flow from the mountains to the sea. Uh, we have all sorts of interruptions because of the damming, the, the, uh, the blocking and, and cementing, if you want, of the riverbanks, embankments, destroying the traditional wetlands they, that have their roads in the ecological system of the rivers. Um, there are an in, infinity of problems. Then we need to deal with the water quality and sediment quality. So water is important. We may have enough water or maybe too much with people drowning, then periods with no water. But all our interventions changed all this continuum of the water flow. Then it's about what does the water carry? It has sediments. The sediments are the building blocks of the uh, river, fertile plains, they are the building blocks of the deltas and of the coasts. Uh, by building dams on the major rivers and tributaries flowing into these rivers, there are not enough sediments brought towards deltas and coastal zones. So uh, this means accelerated erosion. Um, we talk about damming. The traditional dams were built with a purpose about 100 years ago. Yes, it was about electricity but it was also about flood protection or drought protection upstream the dams. But they had a devastating impact on the environment uh, as they blocked the transfer routes of the migratory species, not just migratory fish, but many other organisms. Uh, we talk about the fact that uh, the dam lakes became, uh, if you want, cauldrons, uh, prone to greenhouse gas emissions and also depositories of pollutants brought by the water and sediments from upstream. And uh, uh, then they generated droughts, downstream changes in the water circulation, in the aquifers, and so on. And there are many aspects that we know but there are even more aspects we really don't know how much we don't know, and this is crucial. Yeah. So why we need Danubius? Because these are problems that we are facing. We are trying to fix an aspect in a place, yes. and then the problem moves either downstream or upstream. 
we try to fix an aspect, a problem, an issue at the Bayesian scale. So either the problems moved out on the marine part, because traditionally research stops at the end of the freshwater system and doesn't look into the sea, or, okay, we solve the problem at the Bayesian scale, but we generate different problems in, 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 uh, in different aspects. So this is why by working in a silo in a traditional way, it doesn't work. So it doesn't bring results. And look at what has been going on. People said, well, you know, about freshwater, everything is clear. It isn't. And that's because we managed to have in the past 20 years the Water Framework Directive. That was pretty cool. So it came with some solutions regarding pollution. But then we discovered that our modern day society is producing different pollutants. And it's only now that we are trying to deal with this. We look again at the continuity of water, sediments, and life from the sea to the upstream part, to the, to the top of the mountains, if you want. That's not okay. Whatever we do uh, using uh, traditional science can't work. So this is why we decided to get together and bring together sciences dealing with scientists, sorry, dealing with life sciences, to work together with experts in earth sciences, hydrology, uh, engineers, but also sociologists and economists. Yeah, because transdisciplinary, which is um, the, the pattern of research infrastructures. That's the only way, bringing together the different scientific communities. And that's another thing, bringing together the marine scientific communities with the freshwater communities focusing also on the transitional environments. More than half of the population of this planet lives in transitional environments, in delta, in estuaries, around lagoons. The problem is that um, they are almost the least studied areas on the world. It sounds absolutely strange, but the marine community has been focusing more offshore, the freshwater community stayed mainly on the freshwater and, and complex processes occurring now at river mouths are not yet very well understood. So what we try to do, we try to offer a platform that will allow scientists from all the disciplines to work together. So again, from different domains and also looking at the different water basins of freshwater yeah. and the marine. Yeah. Okay. Sounds like a, 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 a sizable challenge. Um, perhaps you can give us like a concrete example of the work that Danubia Sauri is doing. I know you've got a, many projects. Well, uh, there is another thing that I have to add here that ah. uh, in contrast with the other uh, ERICS or S3 research infrastructures, we are completely different. And that's because all the other ERICs or S3 research infrastructures, they started off as uh, networks of facilities that started offering services together through the instruments of the European Commission. Then they decided to have a unitary management. That's the case of LifeWatch, but also the case of all the other practically ERICs, except for Danubius, because we started off from the concept and preparing 
to uh, have them going on, building a science agenda, building a list of services, seeing what we have, what which services are available, which should be the standards, how to have the common language throughout the different sites and, and uh, components uh, in, in all Europe where uh, Danubius is, is present. So uh, if you want, we have been less involved in providing access to the community of users. We're preparing this now. The most important service that the Danubius RI community has been provided is the scientific knowledge. And this is like working together in the different super sites where we have brought the expertise uh, uh, of the different knowledge nodes of Danubius RI with the facilities existing in super sites. And for instance, I think that by uh, far the most uh, important progress we have obtained in uh, uh, bringing together earth observation and in situ measurements in the transitional waters in order to understand the optical water types. So to speak now in plain English, uh, you know that uh, we are living now in a in a in a era when the uh, satellite missions of the EU and not only so the Sentinels, the Copernicus program, but also the American one and so are bringing a sea of opportunities of how we can understand what we have on this planet. But in order to understand what's in the seawater, it's not very easy. You have to do hundreds of in situ sampling to measure what's in the water because the same color or the same parameters can be given by different uh, combinations of physical parameters, different water temperature, salinity, oxygen, or presence of uh, algae, for instance, or silica suspended sediments. So this is why you need to sample a lot the water surface in order to have a statistically sound uh, direct uh, connection be between what the satellite measures in a place and the reality in that place. So the Danubius RI um, expert knowledge has been the basis of several European funded projects. The most important one is CERTO, having measurements like from the Scottish waters, to the uh, Venice Lagoon. The best example is the Horizon 2020 CERTO project that aims to develop the algorithms for transitional environments to understand the optical water types. So we have used the uh, Danubius community, scientific community, Danubius expert knowledge, and Danubius super sites and observation node. Uh, this is why for three years we have been doing uh, repeated and detailed measurements in the Scottish supersite, uh, in Portugal, in the uh, Port Delta, North Adriatic and connected lagoons and at the mouths of the Danube, in the Danube Delta, in the Fort Delta, in the Black Sea. So this is a significant addition uh, with all this field work in the Danubius dedicated supersites with the Danubius experience and, and, and uh, services. Uh, the outcome will be that uh, in the near future, 
all the different categories of stakeholders, so from policymakers, administrators of the area, but also fellow scientists or people interested in business development will be able to use our algorithms to easier understand which is the water quality, if the water is mm. good, if there is a pollution accident, if we have algal blooms, how intense is it? Is this if uh, the water color is given by yeah. okay. plants and so on? So this allows also to understand the sediment distribution with all the impact because you need to understand it's not just theory. If you understand the quality of the water and how things are evolving, for instance, yeah. this have a very direct impact on, for instance, fisheries or aquaculture sites in the area, as we are having now, we had in the northern uh, Black Sea, this catastrophic event with the explosion, the Russians destroying the Nova Kakova yes. dam. Oh, wow. uh, that's in the river sea system, that's near the Black Sea. The impact on the northern part of the Black Sea on the um, Dnieper River Valley was catastrophic, but also in the northern part. So because of the uh, all the huge amount of, of pollutant, sediment, uh, dead bodies, uh, vegetation and so on, the river carried to the sea. And also the abrupt desalinization of the Black Sea waters these all had an impact, killing most of the local benthic fauna. Uh, this is, these are a few of the outcomes. But if you can follow from the satellite and if you have these optical water types very well designed, you can see where the current is going. You can estimate an impact and you can brace yourself for what's coming and uh, prepare uh, management measures. So, Adrian, you... Um you, you, there's a range of inputs of satellite information and um, ground truth, um, but you need to put all this together in the form of data. And, you know, obviously LifeWatch is involved in this as well. Um, do you work with other people on, on um, you know, fair data and making information available to everybody or do you do that on your own? And just what, what I said before, this was just an example because we are integrating Earth observation with in-situ data, but we have a strong modeling component and we are trying to add. So I just gave you an example of where we do provide solutions, but we also yeah. provide solutions using the modeling node and integrated, integrating in-situ satellite measurements with numerical yeah. models. And this is a very complex situation when it comes to data. My word. Because, yes, the most significant uh, uh, service, if you want, uh, in, besides the direct access to measurements, is the use of data. So here, yes, we have been working a lot in the past four years. We were fortunate to be part of the Envry community, so the community of uh, European uh, environmental research infrastructures to work together to make our data compatible with the other research infrastructures and also to make our data fair. So to have them findable, accessible, interoperable and reusable. So actually we have worked a lot with our colleagues in LifeWatch, uh, with our uh, colleagues from various others, uh, re other research infrastructures We've been cooperating with uh, EMSO, 
Um, we've been cooperating with ICOS, learning from them different solutions. So it's it's uh, you can help by yourself. So if you try to do your own system, uh, it's like denying that there's a <laughs> yeah. wider world. So that's absolutely the yeah. Then yeah. The okay. is so complex that being fortunate to have this series of projects that are now operational ethics, our data people integrated with them, work with them, with our colleagues from the more evolved uh, ethics. We learn from them. We need to thank them because the first ethics were the ones setting up of new rules, new standards, uh, facing the world. We are following and we are happy to have them in front. So everything has been done in cooperation. Having best practice has been a scope. Then not, not inventing hot water, but using what's already tested by others being our, if you want, our uh, most important focus. Perfect. And look, just to, um, to tie things together, because, you know, it's fascinating work. How do you regard the future? I mean, you, you have so many difficulties, complications from, well, you know, the, the, the dam. Um, will, Research infrastructures bring enough information to to really help us, you know, deal with climate change and pollution and all these issues you're, you're talking about? Yeah. That's another beautiful question from my point of view. And here again, I don't know how much time you have available. Uh, <laughs> and uh, no, because we can talk a lot. And there are several aspects that, uh, uh, well, Maybe the first one is the least politically correct, and feel free to cut it from the record. But uh, it's a very important thing that uh, through our difficult times of humanity, uh, uh, not everybody was losing. Think of the medieval period and the uh, moments when Europe was suffering from the uh, different plagues. Uh, you had the Great Plague, mid-14th century, and so on. But not everybody was unhappy. The great diggers made lots of money. Somehow, we are the ones that need to cope with these major problems of humanity, of the humanity that might take us into difficult times. So everything depends on how much uh, interest does the humanity have in the research infrastructures? For sure, just the research infrastructures cannot save the humanity. One. Two, I have many doubts that uh, humanity can save from itself because this is how we are built to generate troubles that afterwards we need to build with. But this is part of the humanity's never ending story. Mm -hmm. Three, the uh, research infrastructures, the major uh, S3, but not just European, we have significant facilities put out all around the planet in many other countries. I am sure that we can provide, if you want, the support to humanity to get better to nowadays problems. It all depends on us. It all depends on our will to work together and the only ways to work together, but it also depends on how much politicians all throughout the world understand 
the complexity mm. and difficulty of our situation. So the politicians dedicate money and support international cooperation. I'm pretty confident that by working together, the different research infrastructures, we can support humanity getting better from current problems. But I'm confident uh, 200 years from now, there will be more problems. <laughs> but look, that's a, that's a wonderful message to finish on, um, that we can supply the information and with the will, we can deal with the problems that we see that we understand today. And then the future, the future will have to look after itself a bit. <laughs> look, Adrian, thank you so much. Um, a fascinating picture of the work you do and all the international and interdisciplinary cooperation, which is so essential. Um, it's always a pleasure to talk with you. You're an inspiration. Thank you. I think thanks. thanks a lot. <laughs> thanks also to my producer, Fabrizio Lecce, and to you, our wonderful listeners. Please keep following our podcasts and help us raise awareness of the important work being done by research infrastructures to support sustainability goals and to look after the future. Um, to learn more about LifeWatch Eric's biodiversity and ecosystem research facilities, visit our website on www.lifewatch.eu. Follow us on Twitter, LinkedIn, and Facebook. I look forward to our next encounter here on Window on Science. <laughs>